Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 165 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have two more of our amazing rock star coaches that can be found leading support circles in our Sober Girls Social Club. Nicole and Megan are here to share their stories and their relationship with alcohol and what inspired them to become coaches. This is such a fantastic episode, so let's get into it. At A Sober Girl's Guide, we are all about accountability and action to help you make changes with your relationship to alcohol stick. Soberlink is a device and accountability system that uses tech and real-life relationships to do just that. It allows you to share your sobriety in real time with loved ones that can cheer you on and offer you support along your journey. There is nothing like this out there. This unique remote alcohol monitoring system will help you thrive in recovery and stay connected with people who care. For $50 off and a free guide to gaining confidence in early recovery, visit www.soberlink.com backslash ASGG. Okay, I am blessed with Megan and Nicole, two of our five uh, sober guides for our Sober Girls Social Club. What's up, ladies? What's Hi. going on? What's How up? are you? <laughs> <laughs> Megan, where are you located? I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Nice. Nicole, yeah. where are you at? I'm, well, I'm currently sitting in my closet. Uh, <laughs> but I'm yes. in, in LA in California. Nice. Love it. So ladies, I know as, as coaches and guides, you know, you're there to provide service for, for other women and listening to their stories and guiding them on their journeys. So it's very rare that we get to hear your backstories and your journeys and what your life was like. Um, I like to call it BS. So before sobriety. So Megan, let's start off with you. And if you could give us a little insight to what uh, BS Megan was like. So before sobriety, Megan was like. Oh gosh, BS. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much that's what my life, that's what my life was really like. So right? <laughs> fitting. It's like fitting. Yeah. yeah. Very fitting. It was my life was chaos before um, mm. I got you know, started my sober journey, if you will, which I did just hit 500 days um, today. Um, so it's very That's fitting amazing. and exciting. Yeah, to be share to be sitting here today and sharing my story. Um, if you would have told me 500 days ago, I'd be sitting here. Yeah. Um, sober, I just, you know, I would have not believed you. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess fast forward back 
five years or so, or even five years before that, um, mm-hmm. I was going through my divorce and it was really, it was a very tough time. And unfortunately, I really cranked up my drinking and turned to drinking to help me get through that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was drinking pretty much every night that I could, but I was really good at, at working my drinking in around my responsibilities, like my job. It didn't really affect that. I knew which days I could drink. I was, it was very strategic. Um, so mm. I pretty much was drinking, you know, I work overnights, three nights a week. So I was drinking all those nights that I wasn't working, you know, bottle of wine every night by myself and just drank to the point where I was depressed, um, hopeless, um, just, just like going through the motions of life, you know, and I had mm. so much I should be happy about, but you know, with I have two kids and a great job and all of that. And I just was just miserable. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I was, um, constantly either thinking about drinking, drinking or recovering from drinking. It consumed me trying to, to moderate as well. Like, yeah. you know, like that was constantly on my brain. Like, is it too early to drink? And I, well, how much should I have? Should I do half a bottle? Right. Blah, like all of that. And it was just, I so just much had mental had real estate. Totally. And you don't Mm -hmm. even really realize it. Like you're just, it's almost like you kind of assume that other people just think this way, but they don't, you know, (laughs) they don't, they don't like space out their drinks. They don't like worry about what they're going to drink. They don't worry about what they're not going to drink or how fast they're going to drink or where they're going to drink. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's so much, it's so much energy and so draining. Yeah, it's exhausting. And like you said, you don't realize it till afterwards. Like mm-hmm. then when I was sort of like had all this extra time in my hands, but then also it opened up all the space for like creativity that I didn't realize that mm-hmm. I had had in like I just yeah, it it's it's been amazing. So how do you tap into that that time and that creativity because you know, for a lot of people having that time or having that like I mean, it's more like idle time, right? Like not really knowing how to fill the gaps. Like what did you do? Like, how did you use it to your advantage? So in the beginning, I would say, um, you know, I really had to change up my night routine because that was my Mm. nights were based around, you know, as soon as it was like five o'clock or or what I thought was early enough, I I would start drinking through dinner time, through bedtime. Yeah. all of that and just wasting time, you know, scrolling on my phone, drinking, you know, one fo- my phone in my hand and my glass of wine in the other hand, that was my night for like five years. Yeah. Um, and then I would always complain, like I had no time to do anything like just funny. <laughs> <laughs> so the first like month or two, I really had to like learn to like do new things at night and totally mm. change my routine. I got into like adult coloring. I like went on Amazon, just bought like a bunch of adult, adult coloring books and it was cool markers and would just color with my younger son who's seven now. So he's probably, you know, five at the time. So he loved it. And, and I just sit there and like color for, for hours. Um, oh, there's nothing I like loved a good it. marker, right? Like <laughs> a good marker, like either like it's an angled tip or like a good color or like the thickness. There's yes. a, Oh my God. There's nothing better. So than satisfying. <laughs> so satisfying. So this satisfying. is what you have to look forward to. Anyone listening, <laughs> a good old marker. Oh, just amazing. Amazing. Right. Remember the markers that like smelled? I would like oh, always yes. want to buy those. <laughs> the yes. ones. Oh yeah. Oh, so, so good. That's bringing back the childhood. So mm-hmm. tell me how, okay. So you were in this cycle, like nighttime was wine time. Um, how did you get out of the cycle? Like what happened? Yeah. So I had, um, hit, you know, my, the turning point for me, it was the day after Christmas, you know, December 26th of 2020, I had, I didn't have my kids that night. So that was, you know, right around Christmas time, so triggering time to like not have mm. my kids, uh, extra emotional. So I cr- ramped up my drinking all the time around the holidays, sure. if, you know, especially if I didn't have my kids. And I just would get my sushi, my bottle of wine. And just I, at this point, I just was drinking. I didn't even like it. And I mm. didn't enjoy it. I was only drinking to get to that numbing point. Um, so I drank that bottle of wine nice and quick, passed out. 
And then at 3 a.m., you know how it usually works. You wake up like shaking, yep. head pounding, sweating, hating yourself. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why? Here I am again. I, I just can't even, you know, I cannot believe it. And, but this time was like different. You know, I, I remember like somebody help me, please. Like give me a sign. Mm. I just can't do this anymore. You know, I was just like, please. And at that time, um, I went in my emails and I had found, cause I was going to go to a, um, a zoom meeting. I had never been to, I'd never gone to AA. I thought about it a million times, looked up yeah. the meetings a million times, just never. And now we're in the middle of COVID. So there was no in-person anyways, I don't think at this time. Right. But, um, so I was going to go to the luckiest club. Um, I had read the book mm-hmm. um, and I actually had applied for a scholarship one night to a sobriety course that she had. And um, so I'm looking through my emails to find a time to go to a meeting the next day. And I found an email saying I won the scholarship to her sobriety course, which was like $750, which as a single mom, I definitely didn't have that money to invest in myself. Yeah. Um, and I kind of took that as a sign, like, oh my God, like, this is it. This is my shot. And it really was that course did help me so much. It just kept me focused. It gave me, gave me something to do. Um, and I went to one of my first meetings and I was just so shocked because there was so many people, women on this meeting, like hundreds. And that's when I realized that like, I'm not alone and that there's so many other people struggling. And that is like one of the reasons why I had started my own meetings eventually, and now doing, you know, the coaching circles with the Sober Girl Social Club, um, and why it's just so important to me, because that was just a huge part of, of my journey, was yeah. starting with the meetings. That was one of the first things that I had started with. Yeah, definitely. Knowing that, that you're not the only one who's like thinking or feeling these things, um, and, and having that, that community to support you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, I I didn't get to talk too. That was the thing because there's so many people and I, and I don't know if I wanted to at first, I was really nervous. So now I know how these, you know, how the women who come to our groups feel that first time, like, and what it takes to, to make that decision and and to come to the meeting. So I feel like I can really sympathize with that because I remember um, but eventually, eventually I was like, I want to talk and the groups Mm. were so big. So now like, I love our circles, like everybody gets a chance who wants to talk is able to. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, um, I got a new therapist because I felt like my therapist just, I had been telling her for years, like, I want to stop drinking. I'm not happy. Yeah. Like I'm drinking so much. It's affecting my relationships, it's affecting everything. I have no energy. I'm depressed. My, my relationship with my boyfriend was suffering because I was a freaking hot mess disaster every time I drank. And it would just totally, if I would end up crying every time I would just do things I wouldn't normally do. I was like a total disaster every time I drank. And um, so I changed therapists. I found one who knew more about like addiction and things like that. And she put me on, like, she gave me like steps to do. And it just, I say, I just, save so much time. I'm like, I'd wasted so many years with a therapist that was just like, Oh yeah. How do you feel about, that? you know, and just nothing. I yeah. got nowhere. Doesn't take any action. It's right. so funny that you say that because I got a question yesterday and, um, one of the ask me anythings and it, and someone asked about their therapist and someone said that, that my therapist thinks that drinking or that, that sobriety is unnecessary what should I do? And I, I, or she, and she said like, Oh, get a new therapist. I'm like, uh, fuck yes. Like sobriety is never, sobriety is never going to be bad or harmful to you. Like not drinking is never going to like hurt you or harm you. It's, it's only going to like propel yourself your health your personal growth like everything around you so so like for a therapist to be like eh, unnecessary and honestly that that like make yeah so that is like a huge problem actually in our healthcare that I've heard a lot about and so I think clearly Mm. she's never that therapist has never experienced any type of addiction on any level personally or within her life, like with somebody in her life. 
Um, and that's why it's so important to find somebody who really, who's been through it. Like my therapist had been divorced. She has a, mm. a narcissist ex-husband. So like so many things we had in common. And so she was able to like get me and what I was going through. But I have yeah. so many ladies that I talk to who go to their doctors and say, you know, like that box, like, are you concerned with your drinking or how much yes. are you drinking? And she, she finally got the courage to say, you know, yeah, I'm concerned with my drinking. And, yeah. um, the doctor basically blew her off and was like, are you really, I think you're okay. Basic. And so she was like, yeah, oh. yeah, you're right. You're right. And so I hear that a no. lot that like doctor. Yeah. And so they like, that's a problem. Like if, if, you know, if somebody comes to you and is opening up to share this with, you know, you have to, even if you don't think that they personally have a problem, it doesn't matter. Definitely. I always say, yeah, if you feel you have a problem, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And if even if you're drinking a one glass of wine a night and you think that's too much and it's affecting your life, yeah, that that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what you know anybody else. Hundred percent. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, you know, doctors specifically, you know, try and take like a logical approach to alcohol consumption and and um, alcohol use disorder, meaning like statistically, they approach it like in a statistic manner, as opposed to um, a more emotional relationship manner, which it is, you know, it's like, if you, it's a relationship, you're using alcohol for something in your life, you know, it's an outside uh, tool that you are using to fill the gap with. Um, And so that begins to to form an emotional connection and it doesn't matter if you're drinking like you said one half a glass you know maybe you're drinking like only on the weekends it's how you feel about yourself and your choices around alcohol um Mm -hmm. and I find a lot like not to bring in AA to this but I feel like AA really glamorizes the extreme parts of alcohol use disorder and if you aren't in those categories of extreme like rock bottoms um then it's maybe not that bad which is really hard especially with someone who's trying to look for a place where they belong or fit in which we all are doing regardless of you know drinking or whatever we're all trying to fit in somewhere or and be like we're pack animals right so um, yeah, it's, it's really, really disconcerting, especially when a professional is telling you that. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm. These gluten-free vegan non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally. And most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Exactly. Yeah, right. And I'm not kidding. I do hear that like so much and mm-hmm. it just like breaks my heart you know but um yeah but that's just why I do love the circles again because I just yeah. think that that's people are really especially like women are finding where they fit in um yes. and especially with this pandemic like I feel like a lot of people who already had kind of problematic drinking it was thrown over the edge I, during this time I know I like totally. I would I always said like well, I'm not that bad. I don't drink in the morning. Like I thought right. because I didn't drink first thing and I woke up, I wasn't horrible, but there was times now work was so stressful. I work in an emergency room that I was coming home after my overnights and I was drinking wine to unwind, to calm down, like after wow. work and to put myself asleep. And that's when I was like, yeah. this is crazy. Or in the middle of the day. And then I had to work at night. And, and that's when I, I also really knew that like, okay, now this is like, really ramping up. This is, mm-hmm. I'm totally changing my habits and they're even worse. Um, yeah. So one of the last things I did that, um, really helped me also was I did go on medication. I went on naltrexone. Yeah. Um, 
And I, it's something I, I didn't really talk about in the beginning. So I, I was sort of ashamed or embarrassed. And yeah. honestly, at this point though, like it was part of my journey. I took it for about like three months yeah. and it helped me so much. And it was just that extra tool that I needed to, I mean, it, it, start, it helped day one. It helps with your cravings. And, um, wow. you know, my psychologist, psychiatrist had mentioned it to me and I was like, no, I'm, I'm not that bad again, or I'm mm-hmm. not that person. And she's like, well, just research it and let me know. So I did. I went and researched it. I looked it up and I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, taking a medication temporarily, the benefits outweigh the risks of Mm -hmm. compared to me drinking wine every night of the week. You know, I, I, I work in a hospital. I see women just like you and I, you know, in their thirties, forties, fifties with alcoholic cirrhosis. And it's increased dramatically since the pandemic. So, you know what? Like I felt like I was going to either go that route, yeah, keep destroying my liver, my body, everything, my brain, or I'm going to take take this medication and help me just get to that next step. And um, so that yeah. was that was a huge part um, of my journey as well. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that with us. What do you? Why do you think there was shame involved? Um, I don't know. I mean, there just is, you know, shame on on mental health sometimes. I mean, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's definitely improved, but yeah, I just, you know, I had it, then it just really meant that I, you know, had a, an issue or, Mm. um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, but now at this point, I try to just share it with as many people as I can. And I have had people use it and then come back to me and, um, and they're thankful and it has helped them on their journey. So, yeah. yeah I, I don't know why there just, there just is unfortunately, but I guess the more that people like me try to talk about their experience and then that next person might hear it and then they'll get the courage to, to use it and, and it might help them. So that's yeah, my definitely. Hope. Definitely. I mean, I felt, I felt a little bit of like shame um, when I went back on antidepressants for a little bit, because I think I felt like, well, I should be able to, I should be able to do this or like work myself out of it. Like, and that's just not true. Like no one needs to be a hero. Like, who are you trying to prove? Like, exactly. who, are, who are you showing off for? Like, who are you ruining your mental health for by not right. taking medication? You know, right. it's, uh. it's, it's like a double, it's like, a, there's like two sides of the coin. It's like, I think it's actually coming to terms for yourself, like the actual reality of the situation and like, okay, actually this means that like I need help like that I need help with this certain aspect and I need this tool and then the other side of the coin is like oh shit like I can't do this on my own or like maybe I don't want to do this on my own um and that's why I'm gonna take medication which again is just another tool right like in our in our toolbox. It is just another tool. It's just another something that can help you. Maybe it works for you. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it works for a little bit. Maybe it works for a little bit more than a little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, these are what these things are here for and designed for. Right. And I think that asking for help and admitting that maybe medication might help you and things like that's a sign of strength. Like, definitely I feel like you know and there there is so much shame on it but being able to make that call and like sign up to come to a zoom call or call a doctor and say I might need medication and look into that option I mean I take Wellbutrin and I'm I'll tell anybody that I call it my happy pill it is completely besides stopping drinking which was a huge boost on my mental health like in my overall well-being as a person also Wellbutrin I feel like has also evened me out and um I probably will take that forever. <laughs> I don't, I'm too afraid to ever go back to where I was in that mentally. Mm-hmm. So I, I love my Wellbutrin. Yeah. Shout out to Wellbutrin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. And okay. I'm not, a, I'm not like a pill pusher or medic. I am very yeah. like normally natural besides drinking alcohol, like all the time. I was yeah. very healthy and like active and I thought I was healthy because I was like ate organic and I ate, I don't eat gluten. I don't eat dairy. Like I thought I was like so healthy, but I was drinking alcohol like 
you know, multiple times a week. It really made no sense, but never um, mind these bottles of, of pure, like, you know, carcinogenic substance. No big deal. No, no worries. Exactly. (laughs) Looking back, I'm like, what the heck? But that's because I wasn't educated on alcohol and what it really does to us. I, and once I started reading books and, you know, we are the luckiest and quit like a woman and this naked mind and just all those books. And I finally learned like what it actually was and that it wasn't some glamorized, like wonderful, amazing drink that it was mm-hmm. actually poison and, you know, um, ethyl alcohol and like all that. And then it, I completely, I trained my brain to like hate it and to not want to like put it into my body. Yeah. It just, it doesn't do anything for you or it's lost lost the sparkle. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thanks, Megan. Let's uh, jump over to Nicole. Nicole, can you give us your uh, BS, Nicole? What was she like? Um, Oh, geez. I mean, (laughs) similar to what Megan was saying, just kind of, kind of all over the place. Um, You know, I don't even know where to begin, but (laughs) I guess I kind of want to start with the beginning of my relationship with alcohol, which began when I was about 14 or 15 years old, um, which now kind of seems crazy because it's like, oh, my gosh, like that's a child, you know, Mm -hmm. someone who's just like barely developing not only their bodies and their minds, but like my sense of reality and like where I was in the world. Um, And going back to your guys's conversation about mental health, I think that that's also the time in my life when my mental health started to, I started to struggle with it. I think Mm. that that's the time that my depression started to come up. I started having anxiety, Mm. but 15 years ago, we weren't really having these open dialogues about like what that was, what it looked like, how it felt, how to label it. I think that that's that we have like the vocabulary now. Um, and also growing up in Los Angeles in the community that I was in, it was very normalized to like experiment with drugs and alcohol. Mm. Um, there wasn't a lot of limitations on what we could and couldn't get. Um, and so it was sort of just like there to, there to use and there to take and there to experiment. Um, and I think because of the place that I was in and sort of the next kind of 10 years as I was growing and learning and developing, but with this very deep sort of depression that I was struggling with this whole time, I was like navigating relationships, but having a really hard time connecting with people, understanding, you know, my actions and, 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 um, what they meant to other people. And then you add alcohol into the mix. And I was someone mm. from very early on when I would drink, I would drink to get drunk. I wasn't oh, someone yeah. that was, you know, yeah. I wasn't like sipping a beer in the corner at a party. I was like, yeah. here's a 40, here's a four loco. Let's go. You know, yeah. oh my God, like four loco. literally, literally. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And I'm already, you know, sort of like high energy. So that just thrown into the mix and yeah. yeah. Um, but, but all to say, like, similar to what Megan was saying too, like, I was sort of strategic, even as a teenager with the drinking, like I knew, okay, you can drink on the weekends with your friends. Everyone was sort of in that same boat. Um, I wasn't missing school. I wasn't, um, my work wasn't suffering. Um, mm-hmm. and then, 
yeah, I moved to New York City for college at 18 and things were really good at the beginning. I was like, this is so amazing. I'm living in Manhattan. Like what a blessed life I have. Um, And I think that again, I sort of hit another sort of point where my mental health really started to deteriorate. My usage went up. Um, I started to act out. I was, I was seeing a doctor as you guys were saying too, and like trying to figure out like why I felt so crazy, why I was like having these blackout moments where, you know, days would go by and I wouldn't have known like what, where I was or what I was doing. I was being Mm -hmm. medicated with a whole, you know, prescription box of things, like trying to treat what I was going through, which in retrospect, it was just alcohol abuse, you know, Mm, and being a teacher living in New York. But, you know, if someone had said to me, like what we were talking about earlier, like, oh yeah, I'm drinking, you know, three bottles of wine on a Saturday night. I, I think that that's maybe the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least let's start there and, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Know, and then work backwards, which is now, you know, 10 yeah. years later what I've done. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. And so that was sort of my, you would think at that point, you know, I was acting out. I lost a lot of the friends that I had made because of the way that I was when I was using. I mean, I was, some days would be really great and life of the party. And other days I would honestly turn into a monster and be just like a, a really terrible person and, and not myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I get sort of flushed just thinking about that person because I actually, I don't know her because mm-hmm. I, I was never there when she came out. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I still, still struggle with and still am trying to, you know, reprimand and, and make sure that that doesn't happen again. And, and there are some, some apologies that I can't give today. And I wish Mm -hmm. that I could. Um, and, and that was the first time, you know, sort of at 21, 22, when I was alone in New York, like, okay, I really fucked up here. Like, how do I fix my situation? Um, and that was when I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous and I went to a meeting, I bought all of the literature. I'm very like, I want the books. I want the research. I want to like read through everything. Yeah. And, um, I tried and it just, it didn't speak to me. Um, I didn't identify with the people in my group. I didn't. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. I didn't identify as an alcoholic. I mean, that was my first thing that I was like, okay, I know I have an issue, but I don't identify in this way. And I also, from, from the beginning, I knew that I could get better. I had that hope. I knew I could change, even though it was so, 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 so tiny. Yeah. This identification of like, I'm always going to be this way. Like I now self-identify as an addict and I will always and forever be one was like so intense. Um, Mm. and even for me, like a sentence, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that that's like the beauty in what we are doing right now, which is like, you don't have to say that you're sober. You don't have to say that you're going to quit drinking forever. Like come one, come all, let's just look at it. Let's just look at your relationship. How does it make you feel? What are you doing? Like what Megan was saying, like, if you're having one glass of wine a night, yeah, you might not be an alcoholic, but if that's making you feel uncomfortable, if that's, making your life difficult, then yeah, let's look at it and let's make change. 
Totally. Um, you know, but all to say after that, you know, I went through another really tough couple of years moving back to LA, trying to like find my people, find my tribe, but not really mm-hmm. having success again, because I wasn't looking at my drinking. I was trying to make changes, but never about that. Mm. Um, Cause again, I was like, it can't be that like everybody else is getting blackout. Like what, right. what makes me different, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's like the most annoying part that like, everyone else is doing it. And like no one else, it seems like no one else is suffering consequences. Keyword exactly. seems. Exactly. Seems yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, after that, I ended up around when I was like 25, 26, I met a bunch of new people, wonderful friends that I have now, um, mm-hmm. but was still drinking, you know? So I was like, okay, now I'm in this new place. I have these new people. Everything's, everything's all good. Right. Um, doing great. I was working, I was working as a teacher at the time. I love children. I love being in a classroom. Everything seems pretty, pretty great. I met my partner mm-hmm. um, and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And as we've all talked about, that was a big trigger for a lot of people. And it really put under a microscope, anything that you were struggling with your mental health, the relationships in your life, um, whether that be with substances or, or people. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it was that fateful day in May. It was just yesterday. I celebrated two years. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. And so, yeah, during, during those first couple of months of COVID, I I like to think of them as like the dark days of COVID. Um, It was like a first, like those first few weeks of it, um, were kind of exciting for my friends. I don't know, like not exciting, but it wasn't as scary. It was different. It was like, it's like, no, oh, this little were, siesta. Yeah. Like yeah. no one was like quite understood the severity of what we were about to get into. Exactly. So I think we sort of like, we were drinking mimosas in the afternoon. It was like sort of this summer camp vibe that very quickly turned um, yeah. against that. Um, but all to say the last day, you know, I was like blackout by 1 PM drinking, you know, gin and tonics on the porch and I came home and, you know, I don't really remember even getting home. My friends walked me back to my apartment, like sort of handed me to my boyfriend and he was just like, what? Like I had been over the, over the first couple of years of our relationship, I had been really systematic about not showing that side. Mm. Um, because again, even though I wasn't acknowledging that it was bad, I I knew I was like, okay, well, this person is good and sees the good in me. Like, I don't want to, Mm. I don't know. I was very secretive, very, I think as drinkers, we tend to live half truths. So it's like, you get to manipulate and manipulate. Yeah, exactly. Straight up. We can keep our, our, our usage so that we can keep our, Whatever, whether it be alcohol or drugs or work or whatever it is that you hold tight to. I think um, it's also to more to keep our connections. Yeah. And that's because too. if someone were to like actually see these dark parts of us, they may not like that and yep. and reject us. Exactly. 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 And I was terrified of that. I was yeah. terrified of that. Um and so, yeah, I mean, the next morning we had a conversation and he's like, I don't know, like, you know, mm. what's going on. Like I hadn't, we hadn't talked really about it. And he was sure. like, I, I just, I want you to know that like, that's not something I, you know, I see as a positive for you. You know, it doesn't I didn't see you. I didn't see you there last night. And that yeah. was, scary. and it was honestly just that one conversation, a light bulb went off in my head and I was just like, okay, like, that's it. Like I'm done. Like, I just want to be me. And I want to be me with everybody that I have in my life. I don't want to be like one version of myself with my party friend, one version of myself with my mom, one version of myself with my, my partner or my sister or my, you know what I mean? I, I lost it. I was just, I was so tired of, cause like the other thing about problematic drinking is that not only are you trashing your body, like what Megan was saying, like putting this poison in you and like, you're, you're waking up, you're shaking your, I mean, I would have these hangovers. I would be vomiting. I would be, I mean, it was horrific. Mm. And, um, but then the emotional turmoil that it causes, okay, now you have to like your friend or like half the time you don't even know what you did or what you said. And like, I had been through that before I lost everyone in my life before this, like I was not going to do that again. Yeah. Um, good old apology tour. 
exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly and it can just yeah so um Mm. yeah so then I decided the next day and I and I feel really blessed and really lucky that I was able to have that moment of you know making that decision for myself because I know Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of people that come to this community who have been put here by other people by the court system um by a million other ways. And so I feel grateful that I was able to make that decision. And um, I had the support of, you know, my family and my friends and my therapist at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then here we are two years later. Wow. Sober and happy. And I've changed, you know, pretty much everything about my life. I have a new career yeah. coaching now. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, to think that I was like, you know, a couple of years ago, just like blackout, like on the, the sidewalk, like smoking cigarettes, like, you know, just <laughs> an absolute mess. And now I like preach wellness and holistic health. And, um, but that's because I think that like, it changes your life. It changes your life and it changes your mind. And yeah. I've been able to get my anxiety under control with like, you know, pure techniques and breath work and meditation and movement. Um, and you know, my depression is something that I struggle with still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone on and off a million times, different medications that have gotten me through different parts of my, um, my journey. When my first, a couple months that I was sober, I was also on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication yeah. to sort of get me through those really intense moments that I didn't know how to get through yet. Um, yeah. and I think that that's like the the, the value in having our circles and coaches and people that are there just to get you through those moments. Yeah. Um, if you don't have access to, you know, a clinical therapist or medication or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So what is your relationship like with your partner now? Fantastic. Um, yeah. it's, it's amazing. We actually are just looking for a house. We're going to move in together. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, amazing. It, it's amazing. It's, it's, I feel so, so lucky to have him in my life. Yeah. Um, and it's funny cause we'll say that we've been together, you know, for four and a half, five years. And he's like, well, the first two years of our relationship, like don't really count. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like pretty much a different human being. I mean, obviously yeah. in, in some parts, but I mean, again, because it's not just the alcohol use that I was struggling with. Like, it was my mental health and like mm. every, and my physical health and my yeah. energy levels. Megan said something about having energy now that she's, I mean, it's just, it really just does change so much about you. My, my, my clarity, like the path that I'm on having inspiration, mm. having a passion, wanting to connect with other people. Um, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. And two years. I know yesterday I was a perfect time to like, you know, I did, I've never shared that story like publicly before. I've never talked really about like my whole situation. And I was like, what a perfect opportunity to have it with you guys. And two years on the dot pretty much. And just, I feel, I feel so lucky to be here and, and that, we're opening up these conversations so that people don't have to feel, you know, shameful or, or different or alone or, yeah. you know, definitely. So. And you guys are doing it. You guys are leading that you guys are, are the, the point women who are facilitating that and creating those safe spaces. Yeah. So it's, it's just so, it's so funny how life works. You know, like just, it's like full circle. You never know where life is going to take you. It's a, it's literally a wild ride. It's wild. <laughs> wild. Definitely. So I want to ask, um, let's start with Megan first. What made you um, become a coach? You know, because not everyone is drawn to helping other people. What about coaching was really uh, enticing for you? Um, so when I was younger, I always, I wanted to be a guidance counselor, like a high school Mm. guidance counselor. And, um, that didn't work out. I don't know. Like people in my life didn't like say, Oh yeah, you could do that. It was like, that's too much school and and things like Mm. that. And so I didn't, I didn't go. And, um, when I first got sober, I had went back, I went and got my health coaching certification Mm -hmm. Um, which is something I always wanted to do. And so I was going to help people with food and just be healthy. But then 
I totally shifted that and was like, I need to help as many people as I can, as many, especially women, um, to help them to realize that they can get through this. Like if I could do it, that they can. And, um, then I just, you know, as soon as I started coaching, like the first her, the first person that I was like, wow, I feel like I'm actually good at this. I, you know, like people after the calls, like they'll say, yeah. you totally changed my day. And I feel so, I feel so much hope now. And when I get those messages, I'm like, ah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. You're definitely in alignment and you are, you're fantastic at what you do. Well, thank you. I, I feel it's, you know, funny. I, I work in healthcare, I work in an emergency room. I love my job. I've been an x-ray tech for 10 years almost. Um, yeah. But now I just, I really see me possibly like leaving that and just focusing a hundred percent on, on coaching and, you know, sobriety coaching, whatever you want to call it, just, yeah. and just help guiding people. I had a coach at one point. Um, it wasn't a sober coach or sobriety coach. It was before I stopped drinking, but she, I had Googled one day, help, help with, um, dealing with people in your life that are toxic. My ex-husband and mm. I have a very horrible relationship that's still tough to this day. And um, mm. I, it was destroying me. So I, I was like, I need help. And I Googled it. I found a coach. Her name mm-hmm. was Dr. Heidi. And I, and she literally just helped me so much. And we only had like four calls, but yeah. it changed that, that those four calls completely changed the trajectory of my life. She helped me wow. manage that relationship get some confidence back. And then I was able to tackle the drinking thing. So it's just, that's, yeah, Whoa. I, like, I, I can, I want to do that. Yeah. That's really so awesome. cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thanks, Megan. Thanks. Thank you. And Nicole, on to you. Same question. What made you um, look to coaching? What, what was it enticing about coaching for you? So it's a very similar story to Megan, you know, when I first got sober, I, um, well, I guess it was actually a little bit before that I was focused on my, my physical health. I was like, I need to get my, my physical health back in, back in order. And I had been teaching. And so I've always had this, um, this part of me that wants to help other people or wants to, to be in a room with other people and just like talk things through and sort of get to the bottom of it. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that comes from a place of, of not having that when I needed it most, um, totally. just wanting to show up for someone and be like, I got you. I hear you. I see you. Mm-hmm. you know, even if we don't have the answers right now, like we're going to figure it out together. We're going to get through this. Um, and my mom was always like a very good problem solver. She always mm-hmm. like knew sort of how to get through things. And, and I just, um, yeah. And so I, a, a couple of months before I got sober, I signed up for a health coaching program as well. Yeah. And that sort of just turned everything sort of up once I got sober was like, okay, now I'm going to pull all of my energy into first getting myself well. Yeah. Um, and so that took me about about a year. Um, and then I found you yeah. and I didn't even know that. Um, cause when I, when I got sober, as I said, like I tried, um, Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Um, yeah. again, it was like the middle of COVID. So I, on top of the fact of like, not really having had be- the best first experience in New York, I was like, okay, now we're going to do this on zoom. I-, I wasn't comfortable with zoom. I didn't have a job. So it wasn't like some of the people had been using zoom for forever. And I was like, I don't know about all of that. Yeah. Um, now it's all we use. Now it's all we use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was starting doing my health coaching and it was amazing. It was going great. And then I didn't even know there was anything like sobriety coaching and then found mm-hmm. your page and was then the door swung wide open. I was like, oh, wow. Like I can just be this person that we go through all of these different layers because I actually believe even, even with my health coaching clients that aren't coming to me for sobriety concerns, alcohol is one of the top three things that we talk about. Mm. Um, because our relationship, especially with women with alcohol, um, is something to be assessed, whether or not you're going to get sober or not, or not, or, or limit or whatever your journey is going to look like just looking at the things that we use, the substances that we put into our bodies, the things that change our minds is so important to bring attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah. And so that's, that's, that's my passion is just bringing attention to like where women are at, where you're at with your mental health, how we can get you to a place where you feel safe, confident, and secure and, mm-hmm. um, set you up for success, you know? 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. Love it. Thank you. Uh, where can we find you guys? Megan, let's start with you. So you the world wide me, web. Right. <laughs> um, so at, um, Soba sisters.com. So Soba sisters comes from, you know, I'm in Boston and that's, you know, kind of the Boston accent, like <laughs> wicked Soba. Like yeah. that's kind of, <laughs> so it's, it's S O B A H, um, sisters, um, on Instagram. I'm always on there. I answer everybody who messages me, um, or yeah, Soba sisters.com and Love it. That, yeah, that's where you can find me. And you are Tuesday evenings. Uh, at eight o'clock Eastern time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, where can we find you on the world wide web? So you can find me at um, Nicole Knudsen wellness.com. So my name, um, yep. wellness.com. And I also do the um, circles on Friday afternoons at 1 PM. And it's sort Perfect. of like a get ready for the weekends. Let's assess the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Weekend warm up. Yeah. Woo. Love it. Ladies, thank you so, so much for your time and your experience and your knowledge and for everything that you do in the support circles and the Sober Girls Social Club. Um, You guys are so fantastic and we are so lucky to have you. Thank you. Thanks, Joss. Thank you so much. I sound like a broken record, but I'm just going to say it one more time for those in the back. Community is key. This is how we make changes. This is how we also make changes stick. When you are willing, when you have a little ounce of willingness to change, community can help bring that forth by mirroring, by being around like-minded women in a safe, positive space This is where the real work can be done. I've seen it. I've lived it. I've loved it. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com to sign up for your Sober Girl Social Club membership. As always, thank you so much for your love and support. Please make sure to rate, comment, leave your feedback about the podcast. We love to hear your comments. Also head to a sobergirlsguide.com. We have you locked, stocked, and loaded so you don't have to be. From our blog, our how-tos, tips, tricks, to Sober Girl merch, to challenges, we have you covered at every stage of your journey. We got your back, girl. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.